His mother was tired and overwhelmed, and she could no longer deal with the little boy's special needs. Not knowing what else to do, she asked the state to take him and place him in a home where he could be better cared for. So the state did just that and removed the boy from her home. But the new home that he was placed in was even less capable of caring for him. Welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie and this is a Wicked World. Hope you're having an amazing day today. The story that I have for you is another viewer suggestion. And this is from someone who personally knew the foster mom in this story when they were younger. Terrible things happened to the little boy in today's case because proper checks, once again, were not done on the foster home that he was to be placed into. And in this case, that was extra important because of his special needs. This is the case of Marcus Faisal. Marcus Faisal was born on June 24th, 2003, and spent the first three years of his life in Middletown, Ohio, with his mother, Donna Trevino, and his two siblings, Michael and Peaches. Marcus was described as an awesome little guy who loved flowers, Bob the Builder, and blowing bubbles. Some places report that Marcus was just delayed, where others report that he had a diagnosis of autism. Either way, he attended a school for children with special needs. Being a toddler, Marcus was very active, and his mother, Donna Trevino, had a tough time keeping up with him. A neighbor would say that oftentimes she would see Donna outside or in the hallway, weeping from exhaustion and frustration. Police were familiar with this home as there were frequent calls to them. Donna was a victim of DV at the hands of her boyfriend. During these visits, police officers noticed that the place was infested with fleas and reeked of feces. Now, shortly after Marcus's first birthday on August 9th, 2004, is when the Butler County Children's Services first became involved with the family. And in January of 2006, Marcus had crawled out his second story bedroom window and fallen. Luckily, Marcus didn't have any major injuries because it could have been a lot worse. He just needed stitches on his chin. Then on April 22nd, 2006, Marcus was found wandering the streets after he had almost gotten hit by a car. When police went to speak with Donna, she said that it was becoming too much to care for her children. She was too overwhelmed and she didn't know what to do. She said she did not think she could care for them any longer. So Child Protective Service caseworkers removed the children from the home. This was the third time that Donna's children had been taken away from her. So Butler County Job and Family Services were granted temporary custody of Marcus and his siblings. The private agency Lifeway for Youth was contracted by the state foster care system, and they were the ones who placed Marcus in the care of his new foster parents, Liz and David Carroll. They were a couple from Union Township, which was in nearby Claremont County. At the time, Lifeway for Youth was not aware that Marcus's new foster father, David, had a mental health issue. Had they known, this would have immediately disqualified him from being a foster parent. 
They also did not know that there was a third adult living in the house, David's girlfriend. Yes, he had a wife, Liz, and then he had a girlfriend that was living with him as well, Amy Baker. As I said, David had been diagnosed with a mental disorder. He was bipolar. Now, he did currently take medications for it. However, he had a difficult time holding down a job. Instead, he would help out Liz, who ran a daycare out of the couple's home. Sometimes David would find it difficult to deal with the daycare children and the foster children in his home. It had taken a lot of Liz's attention away from the marriage. So at one point, David ended up moving out. Well, Liz begged him to come back, and he did. But with him, he brought his new girlfriend, Amy Baker. Liz would say that she was fine with Amy living there because she was having a hard time raising all the kids on her own anyways. Only two months after Marcus was placed in the care of the Carrolls in June of 2006, David Carroll was arrested on a DV charge. It was later dismissed, but it was not reported to Lifeway for Youth as they required. On August 15th, 2006, Liz Carroll, Marcus's foster mom, reported him as missing. Liz said her and Marcus had been playing on the swings and slides at Julif's Park when suddenly she had blacked out due to low blood pressure from an apparent heart condition that she had. She said she had been there with four children, a child she had with David Carroll, another foster child, a toddler she was babysitting, and Marcus. Liz said when she regained consciousness, Marcus was gone and she believed that he ran off. This sparked a massive three-day search by hundreds of volunteers, law enforcement, and search teams. By the third day, they stopped searching because they had found no evidence. And after speaking with a few people that were in the park that day, none of them said that they had seen Marcus there with Liz that afternoon. Liz's story didn't necessarily make sense either. If she had collapsed and she had Marcus there along with three other children, why would he have just ran off? He was too little to know to go for help. The other children were there, so he most likely would have stayed with them and Liz because that was what was familiar. He would have had no reason to just run off and hide because Liz collapsed. It's not like somebody was coming after him. So that doesn't really make that much sense to me personally. Liz had tearfully begged the public to help her find Marcus. And on August 22nd, 2006, she even held a news conference in the same clothing that she wore the day that Marcus had gone missing. She claimed she wore the clothes in hopes of triggering the memory of someone who had seen him that day. Liz said in her statement, I'm asking that anybody that saw me with my kids or saw me or saw Marcus to please contact the authorities. She then went on. Marcus is my son. I know people think foster care is temporary, but please return him to a hospital. Waking up every morning and not having him run to me is very difficult. I am closer than his birth mother to him. But since they had still found no evidence and there were no witnesses to Marcus even being there, police were starting to grow suspicious of Liz and David Carroll. The police had interviewed Marcus's caseworker, and she told them that she had not seen Marcus since August 3rd, though technically she hadn't even seen him then either because she had been told by Liz and David that he was sleeping because he was sick. After David, Liz, 
and Amy all failed polygraphs, police decided they needed to make a deal with one of them in order to figure out where Marcus was. So on August 28, 2006, Amy and Liz were told to report to court to testify in front of a grand jury. They decided they were going to make their deal with Amy as long as she didn't have anything to do with Marcus's death. Amy, of course, took this deal and immediately started throwing Liz and David under the bus. Amy testified that David and Liz didn't want to take Marcus to the family reunion they were attending the weekend of August 4th through 6th. And instead, they decided to tape him up and leave him in the closet while they were gone. But after heading to Williamstown, where the reunion was being held, David decided that maybe it wasn't such a good idea to leave him there. And they turned around and headed home only to find Marcus dead already. Amy admitted that she then went with David to a remote area in Brown County to burn his body and then dump whatever remains there were in the Ohio River. Following this interrogation, Amy led investigators to an old stone chimney on an 88-acre property in Brown County, where she said David Carroll had burned Marcus's body. The Hamilton County Sheriff's Office investigators collected material from the chimney, and once the DNA testing was completed, it was determined that they were indeed Marcus's remains. Authorities then searched the river as well, near Aberdeen, where Amy had said they had dumped the rest of the remains. Unfortunately, only a few small bones were ever found of Marcus Faisal. On August 28th and 29th, both Liz and David were indicted on charges in Claremont County as well as Hamilton County. These were in relation to Marcus's murder, as well as hindering the police investigation into his disappearance. So Liz's public distress and pleas to return Marcus was all just an elaborate act. In fact, Marcus's disappearance at Julef Park had been one of two plans that the trio had hatched. They had also considered going to Kings Island and telling authorities that he had wandered off while there. Liz claimed that they were, quote, trying to figure out how we were going to come up with a story about how he was missing and who was going to be the one. She said she was eventually picked as the one who was supposed to have lost the boy at Julep's Park. And on the day that Liz had supposedly fainted, Marcus actually had a visit with a social worker less than an hour later. And since they had already turned away a caseworker a few days prior who was wanting to check up on Marcus, the Carols knew that they had to act before another one came around to look for Marcus again. It was planned the entire time, and both foster parents were charged. Now, even though Amy Baker had been granted immunity in Ohio for her testimony, she still faced extradition from Ohio to Kentucky, for tampering with evidence brought against her in Mason County. This charge related to Amy confessing to helping dump Marcus's remains in the Ohio River, but these charges against her were later dropped. So she served no time for this. Marcus's arms were pinned behind his back. He was then covered with a blanket. They then took duct tape and wrapped it around the blanket. Only his head was exposed and when Marcus started to cry because he was scared, the Carols simply put him in a closet, in a playpen, and turned on a fan, closed the door, and left. Nice. 
They then left the house to attend the day and a half family reunion in Williamstown, Kentucky, only to come home to find on August 6th that Marcus had died. Marcus had also been left without food or water in the closet that reached 105 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 41 to 43 degrees Celsius. Authorities believe that he had died from the heat rather than from dehydration or starvation. Liz had told the grand jury that it was Amy's idea to put Marcus in the closet like this. She then testified in front of the grand jury that Amy and her husband had told her that Marcus was dead and the two of them took the body from the house. Amy later told Liz that they had burned Marcus's body. Liz also said that David had wondered on the way to the reunion if Marcus would be okay, but Amy said that he would be fine and not to worry about it. She also said it was Amy's idea to leave him in the playpen, it was Amy's idea to wrap him in the blanket with tape, and it was Amy's idea to have him get lost at the playground. She put it all on Amy. Liz was arrested immediately after testifying to the grand jury. She was charged with murder, involuntary manslaughter, kidnapping, felonious assault, endangering children, and perjury. Her perjury charges stemmed from lying to the grand jury. When they had asked Liz if Marcus was dead or alive, she told them, I don't know, which very clearly she did know. Several days later, on September 6, 2006, a grand jury indicted David Carroll on a number of charges. They were murder, involuntary manslaughter, kidnapping, felonious assault, endangering children, as well as gross abuse of a corpse. So on February 2nd, 2007, the case against Liz Carroll went to court. The courtroom was packed with reporters, photographers, lawyers, and even other judges, many of whom sat in the jury box or lined up in the standing room against the walls. Television stations even broadcast the arraignment. And Marcus's birth mother, Donna Trevino, even sat in the back of the courtroom, being consoled by other family members. Prior to her sentencing, Liz apologized for the lies that had prompted thousands of people to search for Marcus. She also insisted that she did not kill Marcus. She said, I didn't, and I wouldn't hurt a child. I did lie after to try to protect my family. And I'm sorry, I wanna to apologize to my community and my family. Liz was found guilty on all charges on February 21st, 2007, and she was sentenced to serve separately a 10 year sentence for kidnapping, another eight years for felonious assault, and 21 years on three child endangerment charges. Liz will be 84 years old before she's eligible for parole. So David Carroll accepted a plea deal and pleaded guilty to murder and gross abuse of a corpse. The other charges were dropped as part of the plea. The judge accepted this plea and sentenced David Carroll to 15 years to life in jail. David also said that Amy was the one who had bound Marcus. Similar bindings had happened in the past due to his unruly behavior as they saw it. He had just never been left alone in a closet, especially for such a long period of time. David also said that Amy was the one who had bound David in the blanket and tape, even though he was present at the time. Both David and Liz are being held at the Hamilton County Justice Center. Liz still denies her involvement and blames Amy. I'm not sure. It seems like maybe Liz and David are working together to try to blame Amy for all of it, or 
Maybe Amy is more involved than we know. An Ohio Department of Job and Family Services investigation pointed blame at Lifeway for Youth, the new Carlisle, Ohio-based foster care provider that placed Marcus with the Carols. For reasons that include and extend beyond Marcus's case, Lifeway's operational certificate was later pulled. It was said that the Carols had been maximizing the amount of daycare kids as well as foster kids that they could have so that they could maximize the amount of money they were getting in. The couple was paid $2,500 a month for daycare and $1,000 a month for Marcus, as well as additional help for food. So David Carroll was up for parole in 2022. However, it was denied, and his case has been continued until 2032, when he'll be eligible for parole again. On Saturday, April 21st, 2007, the chimney that had been used to burn Marcus Faisal's remains was demolished and turned into a memorial for him. Also, in Hanlon Park in Georgetown, Ohio, a bench was dedicated to his memory on what would have been his fourth birthday, June 24, 2007. Marcus's celebration of life was held on May 4, 2007 at the Baker Stevens Funeral Home in Middleton. His remains were then buried at the Woodside Cemetery, also in Middleton, Ohio. Well, thank you for listening to all of Marcus's story today. What do you think? Do you think that Liz is responsible in David's death or just the cover-up afterwards? Was it just David and Amy that did this to him? It's really tough to tell. There doesn't seem to be enough evidence one way or the other. But either way, she helped cover this up and she lied saying that Marcus had gone missing, which is almost just as despicable. Marcus had developmental delays that needed extra attention and clearly, these people were incapable of caring for him in the way that he needed. This poor little boy should have been put into a home where he was understood, loved, and had somebody who was willing to work with his disabilities instead of just being treated like a nuisance like he had been at the Carol's house. So if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, then don't forget to hit that subscribe button below and turn on your notifications too. Then you'll know when I upload a new video, which is two to three times every week. All right, thanks for watching A Wicked World. Until next time, take care guys, bye. Thanks for being patrons of A Wicked World. Adina, Amy, Angela, Angie, Catherine, Kara, Lindsay, and Mel. You guys rock. Now, there's even more of A Wicked World on Patreon. You'll have access to exclusive videos each month and more. Any support truly helps to make sure the victims never get forgotten and to highlight the shortcomings of society associated with each case. So check it out at patreon.com slash a wicked world or use the Patreon app.